Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hey, it's Nick. I wanted to grab your attention quickly because I have something really exciting to share with you. Uh, I am teaching a masterclass on October 28th called Six Months to Six Figures. And I'm gonna be sharing the details, the decisions, and everything I did along the way to create six figures of revenue in a six month time frame. Just to attach some numbers to it, my first half of 2020 was $16,000. My second half of 2020 was $96,000. And there were some things that clicked and definitely some decisions that I made to help make that possible. And I want to share it with you so that you can see what's possible in your business and in your life. And, you know, maybe your dream isn't to come to Milan and live and work like I'm doing. Maybe your dream is to buy a second vacation home. Maybe your dream is to buy your first home or send your kids to college or who knows? Maybe your dream is to have a spa day once a week. I don't care what it is. It's yours and it's possible. And I want to show you how you can create the cash flow and the consistency in your business in order to have whatever you dream and desire. So join me on October 28th. The masterclass is called Six Months to Six Figures. It is live and you will also have the chance to ask me questions and you'll get access to my six figure toolkit, which is a workbook full of all the behind the scenes stuff that I did to create six figures of revenue in that six month time frame. Things like my daily schedule, the team that I built, and just everything along the way. My funnel, you'll get a, a, an explanation of the funnel that I use in my business. And I want you to be a part of this because I know how powerful it can be for you in your life and in your business. So go to the show notes, click the link, join the masterclass on October 28th. And I cannot wait to see you there. Hello to everyone. I am so, so excited for tonight's Nick at Night with my friend Darius Chisholm. And I have been looking forward to this for a while really pumped for her to be here and share so much value with you, share her story with you. You're going to love hearing all of this and just see what's possible for your own life and how she shares, how you can share your story, because that's really what you were put here to do. So I am excited to welcome my friend, Darius Chisholm. Thank you so much, Darius, for being here with us. And I'm really looking forward to this. I have been looking forward to being on Nick at night and for such a long time. So I'm glad that we're doing it. And it's actually night here. So that's a good thing. <laughs> it's perfect. It makes sense. Then. And for as many TV shows as you've been on, I'm really excited to hear you've been looking forward to Nick at night. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I adore you so much. So thank you so much for inviting me on. Likewise. Likewise. I feel the same. So to, to give everybody an idea how I know Darius. I've known you for about two years now, and we met through through Gina. We were both um, in coaching programs with Gina, and the first time I actually met you in person was in Greece, which I just love telling that story because I get to talk about how I was in Greece, and <laughs> right? Um, and then, you know, we've traveled to a couple different places since then. I had the pleasure of touring you around LA when you were in LA visiting and seeing your film that you had created and produced and being a part of that experience as well, which was just so amazing and uh, have just really, really grown to know you and love you so much more in everything I've learned about you and who you are and how you show up in your life. And I'm excited for you to be here today to share with these women in my community 
how you've done that so powerfully. Oh, and I do appreciate that. And you know, it just reminds me of the fact that we really all do have a choice to show up so powerfully, even in our most vulnerable moments. In fact, it's probably the time that we stretch ourselves the most and really allow ourselves the freedom to, to shine in what might feel like dark or heavy or, you know, dirty times that we might be going through. So, uh, yeah, we've been around the block a couple of times and through a few countries as well. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. It's been, it's been so much fun. And that's part of the joy of just connecting and being in community with other women is the experiences that you have and the memories that you make. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about who you are. You are an award-winning, amazing woman who has done a lot in your life. So tell us a little bit about you, Darian. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you first and foremost, I'm a mom. I've got a, you know, a, a 20, soon to be 25-year-old son who I love and adore. And he is truly the light of my life. And outside of that, uh, yes, I have various roles. You've talked about our time together in a Genus Coaching Program. I've been a certified life and business coach for uh, the last six years working primarily with women who are really looking for ways to increase their visibility, to use their voice and their stories to make a difference in the world, uh, to inspire their audience, attract their ideal clients, and obviously share or sell or promote whatever product or service that they have. So that's the bulk of the work that I do. But my background has been in the media for many, 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 many years. I spent uh, over 30 years as a evening news anchor in Pittsburgh for many years. And I've worked on various different projects. I've won multiple Emmys. And most recently, what I'm proud of, and you you talked a little bit about this, is my independently directed, produced documentary called 50 Shades of Silence. And really, that came about, uh, as you are aware, Nick, but many of your, your audience members may not be, is that, you know, I faced what some might consider... Um, a very extremely challenging time. And, and revenge porn is probably something that your audience is not familiar with, but revenge porn is a, is a form of cyber harassment. In fact, cyber sexual assault or cyber bullying. And I unfortunately became a victim of that after a uh, malicious and controlling ex-boyfriend published naked photos and videos of me that he had been secretly taking of me while I was asleep living with him. And he chose to do that as a way of exacting revenge when I wanted to leave the relationship. And while that was extremely challenging to go through personally, what was also very challenging was that I couldn't get GoDaddy and Google to take the website down. They didn't see it as a crime. And in fact, it really isn't. And worse was the number of women and children who right now today are struggling to get their content, uh, photos, images, damaging information taken off of websites and scrubbed off the internet. And while that threw me in a very sensitive place, obviously because of my celebrity and credibility, I also realized that if I'm struggling with getting this down and figuring out what to do with this, I can't imagine with someone, you know, who may not have some of the resources that, that I have. So I chose to to stand up and to speak out about this. And it took me about two years to finally win my very controversial international case, both here in the United States and Jamaica, and set precedent around this crime. 
But along the way, I ended up filming a documentary and, and I not only told my story, but the stories of so many other women that I crisscrossed the country interviewing. I also staged a march and a rally in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to collect signatures to send to Congress so that we can get a federal bill against revenge porn. Currently, we don't have one, so there's no real teeth in the matter. And really to, to let people know about this growing epidemic that's impacting so many people. So that was really, that's really been, you know, the kind of the bulk of that work. Um, you know, Nick, I was so grateful that you were able, when I came to LA to have my documentary screen there, that you were, you know, there with me and was able to see the documentary. It has since been uh, viewed in, in a few different film festivals, six of them, in fact, and we've won a couple of awards. But my real goal is to just advocate for victims. So the website 50shadesofsilence.com is available as a resource for other victims to know, you know, how to get content removed, to get support, get other tools, connect with other organizations and people out there who are really advocating against cyberbullying and revenge porn. Yeah. The work you've done around this, Darius, is monumental. And I know, like you said, we don't have laws around this yet. And it leaves a lot of people without the resources to fight for, for their their rights, it leaves them without any any place to turn. So I think that that's just amazing, everything you've done with that. And to have the courage to share that story, because I know that that was a very painful part of your life. Yeah, it, it really was. But as I look back on it, you know, I'm so mindful to know that things happen to us for a reason. And now that I'm, you know, many years beyond it and have healed personally and really crusaded for this cause, I'm clearly aware that it was for such a time as this, like it was, it was all of the convergence of the different things in my life that allowed me to, to be this person. I mean, it was obviously a choice, but to be someone who, who really wanted to be an active voice in, in this place. And it's a good thing because now when I hear people who reach out to me because they've seen my Ted talk or because they've, you know, seen the website or heard me speak about it, I know that I'm offering something that might be a slim glimmer of hope for them in a very dark time. So do you feel like in some way it was meant to happen to you so that you could be that person? I mean, I don't want to imply that that's it, but like of all the people to be able to stand up to that and do something about that and have the courage to share that story. Because it, like you mentioned, it was happening to so many women. It was happening to so many children that didn't, know how to do anything about it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I hear what you're saying. So I don't take any offense to you saying, you know, did it, was it supposed to happen to you? Not during the time it was, <laughs> I, I couldn't pick myself off up off the floor sometimes. I mean, it was, it was very debilitating and uh, emotionally draining. And, you know, I just, I just always remembered because you could Google my name and see this website with, with these photos that, you know, obviously I, I did not consent to and had the potential of completely destroying everything that I built and worked for up until that time. I mean, prior to that, which I guess we haven't even told this story prior to that, I, you know, I'd been anchoring the news for, for nearly 30 years and had established myself, you know, as not only a news anchor, but also a businesswoman. So the potential of what that could have done to not only my career, but my family was, was huge. But I soon got over that. And it, what's interesting is like the courage that it takes to face the monster, to face the thing that has that 
so-called ability to do that actually empowers you in ways that you don't even know. And what I did find on the other side of that was tremendous support and so many other people saying thank you and then realizing subsequently, maybe that did really happen to me for precisely these reasons. So again, not in the beginning did I think that. And and now, you know, in whatever way that I can humbly accept it, I guess I do. But I'm honored to be this vocal about something that literally, and I'll just use these words, scares the shit out of people. And to be able to to advocate for victims who are voiceless is is my honor. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And even once you had the courage to face the monster, it wasn't an easy journey after that. I know that was a couple of years of really, you know, being in in court and really trying to find a way to protect yourself when there were no laws to protect you. Yeah, it that again was extremely challenging. Eventually I did get the website shut down. I used what's called a DMCA takedown notice and that allowed me to have the website shut down. But what also ensued was the court battle to continue to prosecute him, but also hopefully lay some precedent here in the United States around these activities. And because my case was international, I ended up having to go to Jamaica to, because this is where it happened. I was living in Jamaica at the time. And so what I did not realize was that I actually became the first person in Jamaica to win a case under their Malicious Communications Act that completely spells out that these types of activities are wrong. And so that was very successful. And it was also very successful because I was, you know, obviously a U.S.-based citizen winning a case like this. So it set precedent in Jamaica, but also here to some degree in the United States. Right. That's amazing. And just the amount of support that you had from people that you didn't even know before this all started. I love that part of the, the story as well. And I know you cover some of that in the documentary. Can people find the documentary on your website? Where can they go to, to watch that and, and purchase that? Yeah, so you can watch the trailer of the documentary as well as the other things at the website, 50shadesofsilence.com. And that's five O Shades of Silence. So, so part seven of all of this <laughs> is, you know, right now looking at what does what, distribution, you know, like what I'm, I'm very eager to have the uh, documentary distributed, whether it's on like a Netflix or a Roku or, or some VOD platform is really what we're looking at. That is so far outside of my <laughs> sphere of, of knowledge and influence. I'll tell you, even filming the documentary was, was that, even though I spent so many years in television, that did not make me a director or a producer of a film. I had to grow into that. But um, now this is really this what happens next, which uh, I've been in conversations with a few people about possible distribution paths. So fingers crossed that that one day soon we'll we'll make it available for people to watch on video on demand. I love that. And I I can't wait for it because I've seen it and I hope you all get to see it. It is. Oh, it's it's emotional and it is magnificent that you found the courage to do what you did and support so many other people who are going through this without that support. So yeah, I I definitely. And you know, just the testament to how long this process has taken you. Like you said, you grew into this. You didn't know anything about producing and filming a documentary and you know, there was so much more, so many more layers to it than just having the courage to face the monster and everything that you've done to to bring this into the world. I I just admire you so much for having the courage to do all of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love it. So 
you now help other women share their story and ultimately understand how that is their power. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing that ahead of time. So even before all of this, as a coach, I had primarily been working uh, with people on just visibility, whatever that looks like for you, right? And most people, their their strongest asset is their story. And whether it's because I know this, because I've spent, you know, over 30 years in the media, storytelling, interviewing, winning Emmys for that, or that I can definitely recognize that as consumers, we typically buy from people through their story, right? We hear about something, we see something. No, most marketing is really built on a framework of storytelling. And so for people who are like us, in many instances, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people that are in the expert space, i.e. authors, speakers, coaches, who are out here selling our services uh, or products, or programs or whatever it is, like one of the biggest things that we can do is utilize our story or some form of storytelling in order to inspire the audiences that we're in front of, in order to ultimately from inspiring them, attract the ideal clients and customers, those people that may go on to buy our products and services. And then of course, to be able to buy the product and service. So it has always been crucial in my mind that that people really understand that that storytelling is so important in every component of the work that they do. And so when I'm working with my clients, I'm really helping them to try to figure that out. But then beyond that, it becomes, so then where do I tell my story? Do I get on stage? You know, and I've worked with so many people to help them craft powerful speeches so they can speak on stage, definitely on media, you know, making sure that, that, and we're not just talking about mainstream media, NBC, ABC, CBS, so on and so forth. But media like this, right? Like what I call OPP, other people's platforms. There with COVID, unfortunately, it's forced many of us to be able to turn cameras on and, and become broadcasters, uh, so to speak. And between podcasts, Facebook lives, Instagram, Clubhouse, whatever, there's so many means of platforms that we can be utilizing as a way to share our stories and and find our ideal clients. So, you know, just looking at what's the strategy, what should you be using? How should you be leveraging your voice in these various platforms? And, you know, obviously packaging up your brilliance and then, you know, making that available to the marketplace. So it all comes together in, in a way that I believe most people understand, but they sometimes don't remember to use. And that's what I enjoy doing as not only a storyteller and a speaker, but as a coach who's conscious of that. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah. Well, because really people are buying the story. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, that's really what you're selling. And, and it's, it's interesting. What I just thought of when you were talking about that is not only service-based entrepreneurs do this, but like I was watching a, a show about Apple the other day and their think different campaign. And ultimately they didn't talk anything about their technology. They told a story about great people who have changed the world and they're challenging people to think different. They didn't talk about the iPhone. They didn't talk about computers. They sold a story that really resonated with people and tapped into their emotion. And I think that's really where, where you get people with your story is you get them bought into that. Like their emotions are really what's connected to you. Right. Absolutely. It's, it really increases the no like, and trust factor, which is why people will go on to buy Apple or anything else. There's a story about a company that makes pans. And I think they do one of the best ways of storytelling in that, you know, it, at the end of uh, at the end of a 90 second commercial, you're like, I want one of those pans because the way they tell the story is how the pan has made it easy for them to cook with their family and lose weight and clean very easy. And it's beautiful and you can buy it in different colors and all of these other things, but it's a pan, right? But it's just the way that the, what people feel is like that pan, because I use a pan to cook with every single day. It's that pan that I want because of the story that I saw about how it improved this family's life or made things easier, made food taste great. Like all of those things that it's just a pan and yet it's the way that it's done. Just like it's just a phone. It's not just a phone, right? It's it's all of the things that Apple has is notorious for doing around the way that they market, which is storytelling, unbeknownst to people who think that, you know, it's like cool to have the latest version of an iPhone. <laughs> Right. It's so true. But the product itself is not necessarily the feature. It's the story. It's how they pull people in with their emotions and the promise, I guess, of what your life will feel like. Like you said, with the, with the pan, what's my life going to feel like? Am I going to have better family dinners if I get this pan? If my, is my food going to taste better? You know, there's so many other things that go with it that that story really presents to you. Yeah. And I, you know, and I use that as just an example because it's just a pan, but you know, obviously there are people who have powerful stories and we hear them and all of a sudden we can completely relate to them. I mean, stories are, stories do a few things for people. And first off, it's the relatability, right? It's the, oh, I really like this person. I feel, I feel what they have to say, you know, so the relatability factor is there, but then there's also a way for us to really get to know, is this someone that I can trust that I think that if I were going to buy their stuff or do business with them, it's not just about whatever they put in as like an outline of, of who they are, but the story is the thing that makes us get closer to them. And there's just ways of storytelling that I believe can heighten that experience for the person who's listening to the story. Yeah. I like that. It, it's like, it humanizes them. It makes you realize, like you said, the no like, and trust. I mean, as a sales coach, I'm all about the no, no like, and trust factor. And you want to bring people in so that they believe I, the belief is such a big piece of that. And they can yeah. relate to you and they don't see you as up here. They see you as, Oh, she's like me. Mm-hmm. She's been through what I've been through and what's personal is, you know, I mean, you said it, what's personal is universal and it draws people in. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the, cause I know a lot of times people are like, oh, I can't share my story. I'm afraid. Like it puts me out there. You have to get really vulnerable, right? To share your story. 
You don't have to get vulnerable. You know, ironically, I think that, that sometimes, you know, you can have a really good story and it's not the extremely sad, vulnerable, drawn out stories. Those typically draw people in more. You know, I will say that there are four things that are really important in storytelling that especially when I'm working with my speakers, because it's one thing to, to write out a story and, and people use storytelling in their post, in their copy, their ad copy, uh, on their sales pages, you know, obviously in a book. But when you're speaking and when you're really projecting aspects of a story and the other components, part of what you're looking to do, in my opinion, are four things always. And that is that the story that you're telling has to be real right? It's not made up. It needs to be real. Raw is the authenticity, right? Like what's the rawness? What's the con connectivity? So raw, relatable. While, for instance, just as I, you know, shared with you more details about Fifty Shades of Silence and, and my work doing there, most people may not even know what revenge porn is, but they do know what it feels like to be violated. Mm -hmm. They do know what it feels like to be victimized. They do know what it feels like maybe to have your voice not heard or to feel like you've been dragged through something, right? So part of that is where the relatability is. So to the degree that when you're telling a particular story, the aspects of it can be extremely relatable. So you're looking for ways to make things relatable in storytelling and in speaking. And then the other piece that you want to do is make it memorable, why are they going to remember you over any other speaker or any other person who's telling a story or any other ad copy that they run across? So finding unique ways that you stand out in your storytelling and your speaking to make things memorable is what I encourage every speaker, every storyteller, uh, anyone who's really looking to impact an audience to do those four things, real, raw, relatable, and you make it memorable memorable. It's a way to differentiate yourself. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful, like real, raw, relatable and memorable so that you stand apart from other people who maybe, in a, you know, it's, it's not about competing, but you just, you're a unique person, right? You want to, you want to make sure that you tell your, your unique story and people remember it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. And this is something that you teach. This is part of your process that you're teaching through your work with women, correct? It is. It is. It's, it's really one of the tenets that I use, particularly when I'm, when I'm working with people who are looking to write or develop a speech or want to be a speaker or know that they want to use speaking as the vehicle to find and attract their clients and customers is to look at bringing those tenets into the speech and what it is that they're saying. Now, obviously there are lots of other things like you know, people will say, well, Darius, I got 99 stories. Like, which one do I choose? Right. I mean, that's right. most people's problems. Or people will say, well, I got one story, but I'm not so sure how that connects to this widget or gidget or thing that I'm selling. Or, you know, I'm a, a service based entrepreneur and, you know, I'm not so sure that this particular story really lines up with my coaching you know, right. So part of that is like really identifying that and, and really working with that. It's so much of what I do comes from 30 years of telling stories. I mean, I've been, I'm 52. I've been on television since 18. So it's over 30 years, right. I've been interviewing and 
not only just interviewing, but telling stories, writing stories. So that part comes when I hear something, I can pull it out quickly and really help to identify it. But then the work comes in, what does that storyteller do to really continue to craft the story? And right now, because so many people want to use their stories as a way to, as I've said multiple times, attract their clients and customers and sell their stuff, there are unique pieces that need to go in there. In fact, I I have a nine-part framework that really, I think, helps to take a person from, I'm not sure which story it is, or I've got 99 of them, all the way to now I'm using this to market my products and services. Because I think there's more to, well, I know there's more to it. And so I've really tried to distill down into a framework of really helping a person understand the power of using their story to make money, essentially, at the end of the day, right? Because that's what most service-based entrepreneurs want to do. And so it, it takes you from story to dollars is probably the best way to think Love about that. it. Story to dollars and choosing which one is right and how to align it with what you're selling and really just the whole shebang. So we have a question, which I think is a really good one. How do you keep from crying when you are raw? Oh, good question. Cry. I love that. Yeah, just cry. Just allow yourself to to feel the emotion. I will say, and I say this often, however, here's a caveat. If you are still in the story, Mm. if it's still, if you haven't healed from it or it has the potential to hurt someone else, that may not be the story you want to tell. So you have to be conscious of that. You probably have another one that you can tell, but if it doesn't pain you anymore to speak about it and you know that by telling it, you have the power to impact other people or make significant change and you know you feel ready to do it, then that may be the story to tell. And even if it still brings emotion to you or you feel like crying, allow yourself to do that. And in fact, nowadays it's okay and safe to do that, especially if if a tear comes or you feel emotional and you can gather yourself and then still speak. I think the audience will connect if it's real and genuine and they understand that that was, that was really painful. And this person got over it and had the courage to do something about it. It's allow yourself to experience that. Don't cover it up, right? Like be you and allow those emotions to be made available so the audience can see it. Right. It probably makes it more real, which is number one, right? It's more because that's really, it is your truth and it is hard and it should be shared that it's emotional and allowing yourself to cry, I think is, um, and, and you're right. It's safe to do it now. But I remember as you were saying that, wasn't it like, was it Barbara Walters, somebody back in the day that used to interview people that was kind of like the thing to try to get somebody to cry in their interview, you know, and now it's like, it's almost like you're more authentic when you are just allowing yourself to be that, you know, in that emotion. Yeah. And there are things that still make people cry. You know, it still makes people feel extremely emotional. I mean, you know, I have, I, you know, obviously gave bits and pieces of, of my own experience over something that not only made me cry. I mean, I was on the verge of depression, I think, <laughs> during the time when I went through all of this. But even after, even two years later, when we sat down to do my what's called confessional, which was me basically just looking into the camera and I had one of my producers with me asking me questions. I had no idea that the emotions would bubble up inside of me the way that they did 
because I was two years past this and we had filmed most of it. And uh, while I was still going through the court case, it, it was something that that when I literally faced the camera, which in all intents purposes could have been an audience if I was speaking, it was I cried and cried ugly. T- you saw it on on the in the documentary, right? And that and that for me was two years past the point. And so, if it is there, you allow yourself to experience it, and you bring your audience right along with you. Mm. Oh, I love that. Bring your audience with you because they're they're probably feeling it too. Yeah. Honestly, people buy with emotion. They do. They do. You know, Brene Brown has long since advocated for and is widely known for saying that people really should be authentic, right? And so tears sometimes are our most authentic expression. And so if that's what comes up for you, be that, do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love Brene Brown and her body of work and Mm -hmm. everything she stands for and allowing us that courage and vulnerability and allowing those, you know, those emotions and to be real. I love that. This is so, this is just so powerful. Where can people find you and follow you and be a part of your world? I know we've talked about 50 shades of silence, um, but there are other ways for them to follow you as well. Where can they find you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm all over social media. So, you know, find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I just polished off my YouTube channel. So I'm doing a lot of videos about speaking and talking and getting seen, getting heard and getting paid. So all of that is on the YouTube channel, but you can go to my website, which is just dariath.com. So dariath.com. And I've got a brand new five-part video training series. It's free. That is all on storytelling and the power of using your story. I talk a little bit about my framework that, that I mentioned earlier, and it's basically how to use your story to build a six-figure income. So that's available at dariath.com forward slash framework. So it's dariath.com forward slash framework. And you can register, get the free uh, video series, take notes as a download and a workbook, but then you can connect with me at my website. You can, if you want to schedule a call with me, there's an opportunity for you to schedule a clarity call with me. You can find me. I'm out there real easy to find. <laughs> Amazing. I know you are, you are, you're all over and thank God for it because the world is a better place because of you. So I'm excited for people to be able to uh, experience more of you go get that free download. Like that's amazing. Um, a five part video series you said. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, I did a workshop, a live workshop over two days on storytelling and uh, my framework for storytelling. So we distilled it down and broke it up into uh, videos. So it's a, it's a very useful tool uh, with the workbook. So yeah, go out and check it out. Awesome. That's amazing. And you are still doing a lot of TV work as well, correct? I am. I am. I, um, you know, I, I always say COVID what, like I'm, you know, unfortunately COVID obviously turned our world upside down and and obviously many of us in in lockdown for many months. But in July of last year, um, we began filming episode three of a show called Tomorrow's World Today, which was seen on the Discovery Channel and the Science Channel when episode three was out. Um, We're now in the process of filming episode four 
but it will be available on Amazon Prime video. So uh, it's a it's a great show on technology, science, and innovation. I crisscross the country. Uh, that's why I brought up COVID between July and the end of October last year, uh, filming all the episodes, interviewing amazing entrepreneurs and telling awesome stories about science and technology and making the world a better place. So uh, that is available on Tomorrow's World Today. Again, it's on the Science Channel, Discovery Channel and Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, you were everywhere. You were busy. I was busy. I, I got back out to LA. I don't. I think we were trying to connect with one sure. another. We were. I think you were in the desert, though. I think the the filming schedule that you were on, and you guys were a little bit outside of the city, and it was just you were nonstop for a while during COVID. Nonstop. Yeah. It. I'm surprised, but but we got it done, and uh, I had a great crew, a powerful director. Yeah. Uh, there were nine of us that traveled. Uh, extensively over that period of time to to film this and um, really proud. It was yeah. it, it was great work. Well, and you were recently then th- this must be episode four that you mentioned, because I know when you were in Ohio, of course, I was like, oh, my gosh, my mom's right by where you are. Go home and get a home cooked meal if you want one because um, you were in Stowe, Ohio. So you guys yeah. must be travel. Are you doing a lot of traveling again? Yeah, so we're in the process of uh, filming season four, and I'm just one of three, four correspondents. Last year, I was probably the only one. I think I did nine episodes. This year, we're going to spread that out, thankfully, so that I'll get a few episodes in. But I was in Stowe. Uh, We were doing an episode there around uh, Best Buy and how they are taking recycled items from a company that's in Stowe to reuse things like cell phones and and other things that we normally would think is waste, e-waste, and actually repurposing those items. So it was fun. I've learned a lot, I have to say, stuff that I didn't know. So uh, it's it's been fun doing those episodes. That's kind of your jam. You take things on and you learn a bunch of stuff about it. Like... Like documentary, okay. Today, okay. (laughs) That's amazing. You are such an inspiration, Darius, and I am just so so blessed to call you my friend. And and I just adore you and admire so much of the work that you've done in this world. And like I said, the world's a better place because of you. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I adore you too. And you're such a great friend. And I'm so happy that you invited me here uh, on the platform. I hope. Those people that are watching really got a lot out of it. Again, please connect with me on, on social media. You can go out to the website, dariath.com and register for the framework if you're at all uh, interested in learning a little bit more about how storytelling can help you. And that, of course, is just dariath.com forward slash framework to get your hands on the five-part video series. Awesome. Well, everybody in my community better do it because we are here to learn how to sell. And I know the story sells. So that would be an amazing opportunity for them to learn that from you. So Darieth, again, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for being here. And uh, I will see you all very soon. Good night. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. 
You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.